welcome to the Cobra. I messed up for like the first time. You're great. Keep going. I love it. It's all of it's perfect. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Kardashian, the podcast about all things Kardashian. I'm Jessica Jardin. And I'm Marcy Jarrow. <laughs> Hi, Jess. <laughs> Sorry, it's because we're recording at a different time. I'm all jumbled. I have brown <laughs> hair. I have glasses. Everything's different. It's she's been a, year. She's adorable all of a sudden. I'm adorable, it turns out. <laughs> oh, <sighs> how are you? I'm good. We were just chatting before we started recording. I think that this has been a very intense week of like the year mark of our pandemic lives. Uh, and I feel better than I thought I would. About I, like a couple months ago, when I thought about this window, it's this won't be the week that we're listening to, but this past week, um, I felt like a lot more anxiety than the week itself has brought. Um, mm. I think there's a lot more hope. I know a lot of people who've been vaccinated just in this week alone. Yes, um, my parents are vaccinated, which I've said many times and um, bragged many times, and there's a lot more <laughs> hope. Uh, it's still weird. It's still weird. There was a lot of just like reflection of like uh, a completely different year of human existence. Um, and I feel lucky to have had it the way I've had it. Um, and also, yeah, I'm just, I'm ready to round this bend. Um, but otherwise Absolutely. I'm okay. I'm hanging Absolutely. In. Round the bend. Oh, what a year. And it's really well-timed uh, with, the premiere of I mean, Keeping it Up all with. comes back to the Kardashians, right? <laughs> it kind of does. circle. The closure of the beginning of the end of the, the show, uh, it just feels very – it also – a lot of it, I can't think of a better emotion. A lot of it feels like graduation, like the end of high school or something, like a similar feeling of like it's coming, it's inevitable – it ends, it doesn't end, we know that, but like, and it will be weird. And also it's natural. That's a natural progression, you know, but a lot yeah. of the anxiety of things changing of the unknown of like, it, it's, a, it's very, it's like an emotion. I don't really have a word for, you know, anxiety, um, <laughs> stress, depression, anxiety. <laughs> uh, could it be, uh, all of the feelings that are, make my heart get tighter? <laughs> How are you? How's Ugh. your week been? You know, this week has flown by, really, really flown by. And I had so many things on my to-do list today, and I I just didn't get to them all. And it's like, how? Why? What happens, Marcy? What are you doing? <laughs> What's happening with your life? I mean, a day passes. That's what that's what you learned in the pandemic. A day can pass. And you don't know. You don't know what happened. No how, one knows. How would anyone know what happened? How would anyone know what happened? We don't know what happened. I, you know, uh, but this week, uh, I, don't know, I was trying to think of something. You know what I am excited for? Hmm. Not just the premiere, but that we're doing a yes. live. Yes. We're going to do a live episode of the podcast on Friday. No, wait. Friday. What yes. is the date of Friday? It will be Friday the 19th because the Friday premiere 19th. is Thursday. So the Keeping Up With premiere Would is you, Thursday. Do you see what I wrote in the notes, though? Yeah. Come on. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> Look, 
we got to be nice to ourselves. That's what we learned this year. Um, the Keeping Up With premiere is on Thursday night. We are doing a live Zoom with you, should you yes. choose to be there, on Friday, the very next day. Yes. And I'm so, I'm really, 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 really pumped. So if you guys want to come hang with us on Friday night, we're going to do it at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, I don't know the details of how I do it, but we're gonna, <laughs> we'll post links on all of our socials. And I think we can post on Cardition.com yes. so that you can have it and come join us. And you won't have to be on camera unless you'd like to ask us a question after we recap the episode, but it should just be fun. And we never yeah. get to see you guys. And I haven't put on makeup in months and months. So I'll do that. I think some of the, the few times I've gotten like actually like gussied up have only been for these, like when we did the Instagram lives is like the most makeup I've worn in this last year. So it, it roots back to the podcast listeners <laughs> anyways, yeah. but yes, it's all I'm for you. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. And it'll be an opportunity to, um, yeah, chat, answer questions, talk Kardashians, talk about future plans post season. What, what happens are we next for do? the family? What happens next for us? What happens next for, you know, everything, guys? It's all happening. It's happening. I think we'll have some fun announcements and surprises, and um, we'll be there. So we'll be there. And we'll recap the up. And then, yeah, chat and hang and uh, it's, it's free. We're not there's we can't be bothered to figure out. Tickets. No, I we, we never, don't know how to make money I off this podcast. Never know how to do that. <laughs> uh, but you got if you look, if you're like, I'll just listen to it Monday. You absolutely can. Mm -hmm. But if you want to see for yourself in real time, the frenetic energy that happens <laughs> when Jess and I know other people are watching. <laughs> The way we're going to priss and prim ourselves. My vanity on display is I'm so like those lives because everyone is so nice and just says nice things and like, you know, compliments skin and stuff. And I am like, ah, what? Like I am a old timey, like I'm being flirted with like by... Oh my god! No! Oh my god! Oh well, I'll, I'll spill my secrets. Uh, I get so like blushingly overwhelmed and pleased. Uh, I love a compliment. I I love a compliment. And um, she's begging for you to give her more compliments, everyone. Please, I like it's so her. embarrassing when I've watched back the lives and it's like I'm just watching. You watch my them back. That's a that's all. Say Not no all more. Of it, but Say just no more. Roll through. <laughs> uh, listen, I listen to my voice notes. I watch my Marco Polos. I like myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's I want. Bottle it up. Give me a little bit of it. I'd love it. <laughs> so that's our big announcement. We'll post it all. All the info sh will be available, but you heard it here first. Mark your calendars. Friday, 319, 6 p.m. on, I was about to say, zoom.com. <laughs> well, it's not inaccurate. It, it will be on zoom.com <laughs> something, 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 Two something. Two absolute tech heads. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what else I was going to talk about. So last night I watched... Okay. My whole, my entire life, all the years of my life, people have said burlesque, terrible movie. <gasps> Who said that? I disagree. I feel like that's what I understood about it. I mean, it. It, 
Yes, in it is considered bad. I love it, so I can't I wait to hear where loved this is going. I love it. I love burlesque. I mean, Christina Aguilera has no business acting, but mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought Kristen it was Kristen Bell is so a bad girl. <laughs> you know what? Kristen Bell, I, we forget, she used to only play bad girls. Remember in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes. It it's, feels I, so I, I, like, strange forgot. because she's not at all like that as far as I, I understand her personality. I don't know her, but but uh, <sighs> I truly enjoyed it. And I was like tickled, tickled I'm by it. I'm obsessed with the... And Tucci, right? You got Tucci in the mix. And you know Tucci is one of my celebrity crushes, right? I mean, Tucci uh, we got is, is Bill, in a, gl- Bill a Pul- golden moment. But, but I have three celebrity cu- crushes, okay. and it's Stanley Tucci, Bill Pullman, and Ray Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then this was the movie for you. And we haven't even said the, the icon herself. Obviously, Cher. Ghost saying Cher, of course. We know that. I, you know what? I believe Cher is so fun to watch and if you watch her in mermaids or you watch her in moonstruck or even the mask she's so wonderful to watch i was like she's really phoning this in maybe it's just she's old and i think she was yeah i i i agree i don't think it's like a i think she's kind of doing that very kind of like yeah older movie star thing of just like look i'm here (laughs) like hey i'm here let the young women run circles around and get sweaty i'm i'm here to just sit in the back of this bar and wear a lot of luke's uh i love burlesque i love the sets i love it it feels like a play uh kind of like the way it's like shot it just i I and i sat there thinking what's gonna happen next Now, maybe that was because I I was like, I don't know if this story really makes a lot of sense for me. So that might be why I didn't know what was going to happen next. (laughs) (laughs) What is even, oh my God, sorry. I know I have so many thoughts because you get small town um, Christina, like small town Christina is so funny. Yes. And, um, but what is the, the plan? It's like, or like, what is the driving actual plot? She's trying to be one of the burlesque she dancers and they won't let her? desperately wants to be one of the burlesque dancers. Right. And they're like, loser. It's just like any other thing. If you're desperate for it, no one wants to give it to you. You know, yes. that is true for everything in life. Not so, even Xtina. Yeah. So she wants to be, but also the club's in trouble. That's they, right. They have That's a balloon right. mortgage. They have a balloon payment due. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is a balloon payment? And I don't believe whoever wrote that understood it either. I was going to say, I don't think that that is what that writer thinks it is. <laughs> I'm sure I'm wrong. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what a balloon payment is, so I can't say it. That, But I was like, well, what a funny thing to put in this movie. But uh, and then Mc, Dr. McSteamy. <gasps> is oh, my like, God. This cast. I'm forgetting. There's so many treasures in it. Uh, and also, gosh, what is his name? Um, Cummings. Uh, Alan Cummings. He's in it. He's in it. Oh, my God. It's fun. It's it, fun. But yes, the Dr. McSteamy is he's like the bad guy. Yes. But I also was like, I don't know that he's bad, but then they like figured out how to make him bad. Yeah. The very end. Also, I don't know who the love interest is, but I was like, oh, why would she like him? I don't You've remember. never given me a reason throughout this entire movie that she should care about him at all. Okay, I'm gonna rewatch burlesque. Now, now. we, it's, everyone's assigned. Jess and I give each other assignments, mm-hmm. so that's your assignment. Oh, and then the Billie Eilish doc. Ugh. Yeah, well, I, I sobbed. Can't. 
I, it's, it is an incredible documentary. I was not prepared for how I look. Anyone who listens to the pod knows we love Billy. Uh, I conned my teenage niece to, into flying to California from Louisiana (laughs) to take a train down to San Diego because I was too, because I was like, I don't know who wants to go to a teenage concert with me. Well, I would go with you if, again should the world return because now i i i mean i i bragged about it on this podcast before i interviewed her for paper magazine not knowing who she was and before she was very famous and so i didn't appreciate it at the time i adored her she was it was just over the phone and very short but um and i loved her i thought she was wonderful um but the doc for anyone who hasn't seen it, it it is a really well done doc it's also fast i mean, we i'm trying not to spill it cuz we have a date to talk about it separately yes, yes. <laughs> so i don't want to get into the doc yes but, but it's it's, it's really so good. amazing to see this young woman who has so much talent in her like like watching the people around her as she's growing into all of this and her her understanding that she's making mistakes and it's it's just fascinating and then when she meets justin bieber and it's just like that made me break because so sweet i was like there's so many layers of what just happened in that moment of them physically meeting each other and just what's possible in life that you don't imagine could be possible yeah um i think i said this told you this but when i and i think you get a really good sense of this in the doc after I interviewed her, it's very normal for publicists to stay on the phone and listen to the interview. Um, and after we were done and she had hung up, her publicists emailed me and they were like, look, um, we're very protective of Billy. We would never ask that things be taken out. We really respect. But she had gone on for a little bit because it was when she was becoming very newly famous very fair, like very newly, very famous. And she had talked about how it's really hard to go outside and that she gets, uh, has gotten a couple death threats and just like that it's scary, you know, and she talked about it a little bit and they wrote me and they were like, we're really protective of her and we don't want to rein her in. And we really want her to express herself in interviews, but we actually really would prefer if you wouldn't include that part of the conversation, just because we don't want to give attention to things like that in her life. Um, and it was just this like very kind email, but both being very respectful about like the journalistic integrity of an article, but clearly like this is a child and we want to take care of her. It did not feel like hiding, and this was you know, how many years ago? 2016. Wow. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. 2017. Okay. I believe. But still that was like 15 year old Billy. Can that be right? Maybe that was not that long She's ago. She's only 19 now. So she was 16 when I interviewed her. So that was why I was like, it actually made me so relieved to feel how much like care protection. there was around her and protection while also not like stifling her and her like artistry and personality and the things she wants to talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so good. So good. So good. Watch, so watch good. it. Watch it. Watch, watch it. Watch, watch, okay. We got to talk about other famous people. Oh, I know. <laughs> what are our days? Uh, okay. So we don't like to dig into this Kim and Kanye divorce because no. it's a bummer and at this point, it's like nitty gritty stuff. But this I actually found very, I don't know, interesting and sad, yeah. which is that so Kim and Kanye are no longer speaking to each other. 
Before she filed for divorce, he had already changed his phone number and asked her to speak through his security for for like for their communication. So they're still co-parenting and Kim still very much trusts him as a parent. And also there's like dozens of nannies that go with them. Right. So but they he they're not even talking and he changed his phone number. I find that heartbreaking. So sad. Um, I'm sure divorce attorneys, um, feel that it's probably easiest, you know, in that way to have it all be, but like that is, yeah, that tells you that this is as bad as, because they think everyone was holding on to this hope that it was amicable, let's say, but you realize that like, what does that really mean? You know, and how amicable is amicable? There's no animosity. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's different than friends or people who want to know about each other's lives. And so what I'm hearing is like, it may not be, you know, full of vitriol and hatred, but it is definitely not about two people who are looking to know each other in this moment, you know, and are definitely just like keeping their children the priority, which is what counts, but it's still like, it's just sad. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. This divorce makes me sad, even though again, I am excited for them and their lives beyond this moment. I, especially Kim, I have a lot of hope for both of them once they get through this part, but it's sad. You know, we're recording this a few days early. So just today, J-Lo and A-Rod broke up. So like you're really feeling the celebrity house of cards crumble. Especially for these mega couples. You know, like I really I would love to hear you know, a, a celebrity mega couple talk about it because I think when you're both that big, it's I can't really imagine how you balance it. It's like the very thing that you both have this outsized ego, these this outsized dream and life and like bigger, bigger, bigger. It's never enough. It's bigger, 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 always like the idea of two of those in a relationship plus the media plus children it's just like that seems very difficult to me yeah (laughs) like to be fair i still have a lot of hope and just knowing how the kardashian women are that they will get to a place where they'll be able to talk now maybe this is the first time a man has ever wanted to break up with kim though yeah i mean yeah kim is i'm sure this is like a big ego dent for Kim, you know, Uh, we know that like, uh, I mean, we saw how much the, uh, the, her last divorce, I mean, the, a public divorce really unraveled her. And that was obviously for totally different reasons. And the fact that it was so short term and the allegations that it was just for the show and all of that. But I, I imagine that this is like very damaging to her, to her ego. How could it not be the end of a relationship can't not be. You know, that any piece of rejection. Unless you're just like, thank God. (laughs) Been enough time. So I was going to say about A-Rod and J-Lo. I'm fine with the breakup. Yeah. How dare he FaceTime that little hussy from Southern Charm? I know I don't watch Southern Charm. Well, I I watch every show. I'm grateful for it. You keep me very, you keep me cool and in the loop. But from the pieces I gleaned of it, I was like, this isn't what. And also the thing that sucked about it 
is that the byproduct was that it came out on like all of like Dumois and all those, you know, new Instagram gossip sites. Like a lot of it was about how JLo is like a, 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 a lot, like a very jealous, 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 jealous girlfriend. And that bummed me out. It was like all these stories from, you know, like flight attendants and people who've worked on their private planes or been part of their service uh, security details and how like you can never have like female flight attendants on any flight that he's on because JLo's too angry. And it was like, true or not, I just, it bummed me out that like a thing that uh, him being like inappropriate led to a bunch of stories about her being like a jealous monster. And it's like, well, he sounds like he's being shady. Yes. (laughs) Yes, like change the man, change the attitude sort of thing. Yes. Well, Ben Affleck's single again. Maybe like I always want people to go back with an ex, even though it's usually not a good idea because you probably broke up for a very good reason. But that's why we're here rooting for uh, uh, Scott and Courtney till the day we die. (laughs) Till the day, till the day they die. Um, All right. This was very charming to me, Jess. (laughs) I I loved this journey. Bless her. So we've been having some weather here, and and I say that in the the most like air quote because we've had like a little rain. A little rain is a big deal, everyone in in our little world. But up on the mountaintops where these people are living at higher elevations, they got some hail earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And Kim was so excited. She's like, you guys, it's snowing. It's, and these things are like hitting the ground. They're making a click, click, pellets. click, click, click. Hard, loud it, pellets. It looks like dipping dots all over her, <laughs> yeah. her basketball court. She's like, oh, my God, it's snowing. And she's my like, basketball court is black, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and then so many people, and I almost did. Sometimes I have to really stop myself from commenting or re- replying to people who I don't know. Yeah. Um. I, I just am like, I don't know them. Why am I doing this? <laughs> but I wanted to say, uh, Kim, <laughs> that's hail. And then, but enough other people did it. So I didn't have to. And yeah. she's like, I'm not a meteorologist, guys. <laughs> She's like, okay, okay, I get it. It's I get the message. It is hail, all caps, not snow, all caps. <laughs> I'm not a meteorologist. Is perfect. I'm not I know a I got thirty. I know I got thirty jobs, but a me- meteorologist ain't one. Oh my gosh. And then she, this is what made me laugh though. She reposted a bunch of tweets uh, with like the laughing emoji of like everyone clowning on her. Yes. Uh, and then of course the natural turn where her super fans were like, if Kim says it's snow, it's snow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this became very funny to me. <laughs> Wait, that reminds me that on Instagram, so we all know Nori's black, right? Nori's yes, Black, Black Book. Book. Yeah. It's the Northwest parody account. And some, so the account posted a picture of basically a retweet of Kim with the kids, their pizza parties, like North and Kim <laughs> yeah. eating, North and Kim and then Saint and Kim eating pizza that's obviously plant based. She's very plant based right now. Yeah. And Nori's Black Book says, she's making us eat plant based pizza. It's like she turned into. Poosh, but she spells poosh with an I instead of a second O. Poosh. <laughs> it's like she turned into a poosh article overnight. If you're reading this, send pepperoni. And Kim posted it 
on her Instagram. And I was like, oh, no, you're fucked, dude. Nori's black book is fucked now. Because Chloe was looking at it. And that was bad enough. But once they're on to us, we're fucked because we're not brave enough to be rude like we would be if they're like, I would never do it to someone. Don't ever tell anyone about our podcast, you guys. Well, should I talk about what I saw on my LinkedIn? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I sent this to Trisha and Marcy because I was like, what? So I have a LinkedIn account like everyone else. And I have a premium account mostly just so that I can see who looks at my profile. Um again, vanity. And uh, somebody, and if you're listening, I shall not say your name. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it said somebody looked at my profile from Kardashian-Jenner communications. And then when I, when I stopped in my tracks, and then when I looked at who it was, it was a woman who had been Chloe's personal assistant. And I like almost barfed. I was like, too close. This is too like, close. Look, it is such a small world. And we think because like, there's no way they don't know who we are. We're nobodies to them. But it's so easy because we're we're not talking in my house. We're no. talking in on radio waves. That's what a podcast is, a radio wave. <laughs> it's just a click or two. It's that thing where it's like, of course. And of course, that makes sense. But it's like, it's just a piece that I think you, I push out of my brain. And I was like, I can't process this. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. Um, but it don't was, yes. Tell it, on it, us. Please don't rat us out. Don't uh, hinder our creativity. We'll Be like cr- Billy's team around <laughs> us. Protect us, but let us make our mistakes. It was the same as when I shot that thing with Kendall on, on the Kirby show like a year or two ago. And it was like so many people like on the set that day were like, hey, you should tell her you have a podcast. That's so cool. And I was like, literally, no, I'm old enough to be your mother and I will look it's so scary. I cannot. Please no. I was terrified somebody was going to bring it up because my friend was working on the show um, and it didn't come up. But I was like, no, this is my secret life. I'm <laughs> such an idiot blabbermouth. I would probably have told her. It, I think had we like had to spend because we barely had we barely talked. So that was the other piece of it. And so it was just like and we were on set in front of the entire crew when we did interact. So it was it would have been a very like shoehorny sort of oh, thing. Oh, I would have figured it out. <laughs> I know you would have. Okay. Um, But all that to say, like, uh, uh, what? No, no, no. I was just thinking about Nicole. Like, guys, we just can never tell these people. You can't tell people, even if you don't tag them with their at. Like, Nicole constantly finds people talking shit about her. And and because she searches her name sometimes, just because she's curious of what people are saying out there. It's not... I don't even know if it's out of vanity. I think it's just like, what are, you know, what I would have a hard time not. Yeah. It would be an enormous challenge. And people always be like, I don't know why she's the host of nailed it or blah, blah, blah. And she'll like retweet it and be like, that's very (laughs) nice. Thank you. And, (laughs) and then all of her fans attack those people. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, anyway, don't ever tell nobody about this. (laughs) No one. You're in a secret society. (laughs) Okay. Did you, watch this video no i didn't get a chance to watch this so tell me what okay what is, is this it? let me see what this is all called that way it'll help me I, lady so, parts yes yeah, so sarah highland from modern family is doing a, 
in in tandem with Ellen Tube talk show. What the hell? I guess that's an Ellen thing. I assume that's an Ellen YouTube thing. Yeah. Yeah. So she has this. I don't know if it's a series. Probably a series. Uh, she had on an OBGYN, Dr. Sherry Ross, and Courtney and Chloe were on it uh, for like uh, a 20 minute segment of talking oh, about their sex lives and reproduct. Oh. I think it's like in tandem with like, like, you know, all those um, like tests. It's like test your reproductive health at home, blah, 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 mm, blah, blah. Yes, yes, I yes. think that might be the tie in because it's very much about like, you know having children but uh uh chloe <laughs> they were asking her like and sarah highland's very charming host i oh, I, she, I gotta watch that's so cool she's very like she, you know she's married to a guy from the bachelor isn't that nuts or the bachelorette what? she married a guy from the bachelorette oh my god look at this pop culture queen yeah i mean he's Granted, he's one of the fun ones. His name is Wells. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I've heard this this name. Yes, she okay. saw him on The Bachelorette and like sent him a DM, being like, "Let's are you that he was going to be in LA?" And she's like, "Let's meet up or something or something oh like God, that." Good for her. I love um, that. I might have that wrong. Don't correct me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they were asking her, like, you know, did you have the sex talk? And Chloe, and because Courtney was like, not really. And Chloe was like, oh, mom like and dad up. showed me pictures of herpes. Oh. They like, sh- they told me to wait until I was married. And then they showed me pictures of all these STIs. And oh. they were, they like terrified me. She says, uh, they were, like, my parents scared the shit out of me and would show me like, this is herpes and would show pictures. I remember <laughs> my mom made me look at, oh my God, I had to look at all these visuals. And if I had sex, this is what was going to happen to me. And I was so, so afraid which is mm. <laughs> it's a different time it was a different time i like this approach <laughs> so insane oh my gosh so fear-based because courtney's like i don't really know but she's like luckily i had older sisters and so we yeah. would i would hear them talk and i would ask them questions so she did get to hear a bunch from them and then let's see what else did she um oh chloe was like 14 or 15 when she got on birth control pills. Oh, wow. Because she's like, okay. I didn't want to be a teen mom. Uh, wow. And so it sounds like she also opened up. This was I had as a separate story, but I didn't realize this is where it came from. The IVF um, and surrogacy conversation. Um, I didn't realize it came from here. So, yeah, because this was I, I got to say. As a woman who fertility is very much on my mind and a part of my life and all of the things like I really do. I don't know that we acknowledge as much how brave it is for women in the public eye to talk about this stuff. And Mm -hmm. this really like moved me, especially because there is still a lot of stigma around fertility. Um, And whether it's like Kim having been open about like her conditions and the surrogacy route and sharing that with us like. I, I don't know that we show as much gratitude for, for the fact that for all of the flaws, these women are so open. And so I thought this was really moving. Chloe shared that they she and Tristan um, had undergone IVF three different times, which just that's a lot. Every round of that is a lot. Those are difficult procedures. It's the So for anyone who doesn't know, that's the process of removing the eggs from a woman's body and mixing them with the sperm, then implanting the fertilized eggs into the uterus. 
uh, they froze 12 to 14 eggs, but none survived. So that's the difference. No, no, that's so that's not mixing it with the sperm. That's that's separate. So she had these 12 to 14 eggs and they didn't survive. So then they tried it again, mixing it with Tristan's sperm. Those are, those are not the ones yeah. that didn't survive, though. But yeah, I was like, what a scary survived. thing to just say out there that like yeah. she had her eggs frozen. None of them were viable. That's what I mean is that it, and that she says on this podcast, we realized my eggs weren't strong enough to be frozen. They should be mixed immediately with sperm to make embryos. So I had to make embryos. Um, and, you know, I just so essentially, as I understood it, they they had felt that the IVF process wasn't successful. And so she was looking they're looking now into surrogacy is which I mean, that's almost a, like a little offshoot of IVF because you have to go through all the other parts before that. So, like yeah, the part I, of like the extracting and all that stuff still stands. But she talked Courtney into doing it, so Courtney has frozen eggs, and they're like, mm-hmm. "How old were you?" She was like 39, 39 in prime because mm-hmm. they recommend it's so many things in this were a little scary. Like they're like. The ideal age to have a child or to take your eggs is in your early 20s. And I was like, <gasps> and she's like, that's just the ideal. I'm not saying you should do that. She's like, everyone individually, it could be way later in life because what's right for you. But just literally. And I was like, yeah. oh, God, this is so terrifying. There's a lot of fear. That's what I mean is there's a lot of fear in it. And um and a lot of weighing out a lot of stuff that falls primarily on women, um, dependent on your partner, your lack of partner, whatever it is. And it's a lot of like emotional weight against clocks. It's a, it's financial. Uh, it's really, yeah, it's, it's something that I've, I'm always really grateful when anyone talks, has shared it with me. And I just like, really don't take it for granted that these women, you know, put that up on a plate and offer it to us and and talk about it. And to say like, yeah, we tried multiple rounds of IVF and it failed. Um, and now we're exploring surrogacy. Like, I don't know. I just appreciate it. I also thought it was so interesting that Courtney was like, oh yeah, my, I left Fresno eggs. I'm not worried. Like she was just so confident that her eggs would be fine. And I believe her, like, I'm sure she's right. She's, (laughs) and, and the lady had said like, you know, 38 being sort of like the older side of when you should not get your egg. Like she was like between this and 38 and Courtney's like, I got him at 39. So hmm. she was just like, <laughs> just unfazed. Also, Chloe said something else that I thought was so good for young women to hear. And she said, you know, when I was younger, I sex was so much focused on somebody else. Yeah. And you're doing good enough for somebody else. She's like, so it's you're more about pleasing your partner, which is okay. But I definitely think it was less about pleasing myself and focusing on myself. And I was uh-huh. like, she's like, and that's what I would like change. Like I would go back in time and I don't know if she said that exactly, guys, but she was making a point that like young women focus on their partner more than they focus on themselves. 100%. And that maybe they don't need to just, they, you know, it's not just. I think it's, it's been a huge that. sea change of like our generation. I think it's like, I- I'm always floored by how, yeah, how little conversation I think there was historically growing up. And I felt like I grew up in a very sex positive family uh, in terms of, you know, trying to not stigmatize things. But I definitely don't feel like family aside, even just like in the zeitgeist, that was really the focus. Everything was, it was the era of Cosmo and, you know, 26 ways to please your man being completely normal. And like, 
women's pleasure, even the term women's pleasure, I feel like was something that sort of started like floating as I was more of an adult adult, you know, it was definitely not in the formative period of, of like adolescence that I was ever given that sort of information about like, what is you like? What about your body? What about your boundaries? You know, it's, I, I told you that I'm also rewatching Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. And so many of their conversations, I think, really shaped because that was happening in the late 90s and early mm-hmm. aughts. And what Charlotte goes through to to have a baby and then not like Charlotte had, a you know, mm. she had to do IVF. It was unsuccessful. Then she does get pregnant, but then she loses a baby and then she tries to get pregnant again. And it's just like so much. And I was like, so I don't know much. that that's ever been on television before, but no, it may have remember- been. But it, just an interesting thing that s- kind of started the dialogue. I feel like, yeah, it's hard to explain how much these things, even in our generation, yeah, have been limited, just really, really limited. Um, And so, yeah, I I really, I have a lot of gratitude for this family and the way that they've talked about birth, motherhood, their bodies, you know, outside of the millions of other new topics that the show has brought up, like the concept of your body and and the challenges of pregnancy and partnership in tandem with pregnancy. uh, I I just think it's something that like we kind of can take for granted sometimes. Um, I know there's a lot of like body dysmorphia and difficulty in that realm that is directly connected to that. But um, I don't know. It's still nice to just acknowledge that it's a lot to share. It's cool. It's uh, it's hard to talk about that stuff. Um, Okay. Tell me about grandma's heartbreak. (laughs) (laughs) O-M-G. So Caitlin's mother, Esther Jenner. Oh boy. Esther Jenner. I've never heard of Esther. I I'm the only time I heard of Esther was when Caitlin was chatting with Diane Sawyer and just talked about coming out to her mom. I forget what the context was, but I was just like, oh, her mom's still alive. So this old bitch is 95 years old, Caitlin's mother, and she is talking about Kylie and Kendall. And she says, I've left phone messages for Kendall and Kylie, but they haven't called me back. I don't hold them responsible for not being close today. I blame Chris for not making it a priority to send those girls to me on their breaks from school over the years so that we could have more time together. Of course, why wouldn't I be like a stranger to them now? But I would love, I would dearly love a relationship with my granddaughters. <laughs> oh my God. Can you believe it? What the she, what? She goes on to say, Caitlin sends me photos of my great granddaughter, got the, my great granddaughter, Kylie's child. She's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> this is so she's oh, let's see 95, how old is she 95. 95 okay so i'll cut her some slack for going and and running her mouth to the press i guess but this is esther jenner she's got something to say she Blaming says it's chris as chris usual jenner's fault I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they were pretty well into adulthood when, uh, you know, this their marriage broke up. If you, it, there's certainly a lot of other pieces, but I don't think that this could really be pinned on like brainwashing her her daughters against her. You know, also, their grandmother. You want her to send her children to you on a break? 
I don't think so, ma'am. They ma'am. have work to do. They have shows to film. I don't even think Kylie is talking to Kendall. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think, I think we learned that, you know, we don't, that they're just all too busy for even the people in their lives. Like, it's not a personal. Well, but that's Although Chris's this, fault. This did remind me, I know we have too many things we've talked about, but this family tattling uh tattling is not the right word but what a week for celebrity interviews with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry I had the best time uh live texting you and Trish all of us doing our Oprah uh reaction impressions (laughs) (laughs) I just like it was such a like I feel like there has not been speaking of like the 90s like it being Oprah and everything, like I, that feeling of like a celebrity interview bomb drop, I can't remember like the last time we had something like that. Maybe Caitlin's, one of Kate, like Caitlin's big sit down with Diane Sawyer, you know? Yeah. Uh, I obsessively like looked on Twitter, like what people's reactions were. Cause I was so yeah. curious as to what the UK's reactions were. Yeah. It's sort of hard to like filter through cause you can't count the headlines as the people's reactions because they've shown us that the headlines are nasty. Yeah. But uh, it's so weird that so many Americans are like team royal family over Meghan Markle. It's like, uh, why? So weird. Watch the crown, guys. Watch it. I find that so baffling. Also, I already, I'm obviously just shoehorning in my, the biggest update of, of my week, which was that I have been wondering if my childhood best friend a shout out to my dear friend Becky who listens to the podcast and lives in London and went to Northwestern uh and I have been meaning to confirm for a while if she did indeed was in the same sorority as Megan and I finally got confirmation this week and she was and I was like floored I was losing my mind because I visited and I stayed in that sorority house and I was like it's about me it means I've met or been near Meghan Markle and everything is about me (laughs) we're so (laughs) close to this being all about me it's so close but um yeah I was ecstatic to have a reason to be and it was really interesting hearing like the a view of someone who like went to college with Megan and it was all about like yes she was like had the it girl thing and is was so poised and just had like an aura of a star. Like it was just obvious and everybody knew it. Um, anyways, I mean, I knew I would get to Megan Markle. I'd shoehorn that in somehow oh. because it was such excitement this week, but all roads lead back to Jess. <sighs> it's me. It's about me. Um, last but not least. So we're of course getting the rollout of, clips as we get in this home stretch teasers clips galore um and there was one from the last couple of days of that i just gobbled up we've got chris jenner with her dear friends kyle richards and faye resnick um out in the palm springs mega mansion chris's mega mansion and it's chris having like a really emotional moment talking about how hard it was, uh, how hard the end of the show is hitting her. Of course, all of this is caveated with the fact that we know that they're making a new show. But I also thought you were going to say caveat it with the fact that, you know, she's drunk. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's actually a more important point. They've definitely been sipping on teenies by the pool in Palm Springs <laughs> all damn day. Um, but you gotta love two OGs to get Faye. I'm ecstatic when I see Faye in the mix. We love Faye. Uh, and the morally and corrupt Faye the Resnick. Morally corrupt Faye Resnick, our beautiful Kyle Richards. Um, and she, it, it, it's an interesting clip though, because, and I think we'll probably get a fair amount of this in the season, but it's the breaking of the fourth wall, as they call it, where um, she's acknowledging the crew. And so she's talking about how it's really hard to think about the end and how, you know, what's, it was interesting to me because she's talking about how the end of the show is not just the end of the show for the family. It's the end of the show for this, for the crew, uh, for everyone who makes the show. Um, so she was talking about how you're weighing out. It's complicated. There are all these different personalities and people and kids and grandkids and everybody thinking what's the right thing for everybody and when's the right moment. It's been incredibly challenging and incredibly hard. And everybody in this room is my family. They're my family. And she like turns out to the crew uh, and is like, you're my family. And it's we love each other. You don't appreciate what's right in front of you all the time. And I just appreciate you guys just for the record. Um, and then someone on the crew says, yells back, we love you. And it's just sort of, I, I hope we get more of these moments because yes. I love them. Um, I know in the teaser, we already see them crying as they tell everybody. I think that's like the true testament of who this family is, is that people will talk shit about them all day about every single thing they do, but you never hear anyone who works with them say that they were rude or nasty mm -hmm or mm -hmm. ungrateful you just don't hear that you don't and hear it i will say this the, maybe this from like fans but like you don't hear it from like people who were in the mix with them for a long time and the whole point is turnover right yes. and like pe the outside of even gossiping if people don't like working with people they don't stay at the end yes. of the day even with money aside and yeah. that's that's true at my job like Attrition is indicative of management and leadership. And so, and that's something I'm very aware of. And like you see bad, shitty managers and bosses, people don't stay on their teams and people yeah. don't stick stick it out. If they were able to keep this same team for 14 years, that means they are good to them. At like, least, even if it's just like the majority of them. Yes. Like it, it, the fact that it would even be like half. Over that window of time in reality television, let alone the majority, which is the sense I get. So it means that they probably pay them well and take good care of them. And also that they are good to work for is like what it tells me. I mean, you know, uh, Brooklyn has uh, we've we've I'm done with Brooklyn because it's it's the last season and they're filming the last season now. But they had the same crew. So yeah. many people for the entire time. And you hear that for you hear that in Hollywood, and it's like that actually means a lot because there there's there's work and good yeah. people can get work, um, but if people stay and like are loyal, it's it's really meaningful. So I really like you know I I take those scenes really sincerely, and I I hope we get a lot of them, and I would love the acknowledgement of like I would love if we get to see them more and hear their stories, and <sighs> I I hope we get some of that. Is there a close up of Kyle Richards' face where she's like? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> I don't believe that the Housewives crew 
Mm-mm. is like Kyle treats us like family. <laughs> also, they put those poor the people who work on the Housewives franchise. They've had so many assaults, physical, <laughs> har- sexual, sexual harassment. Like <laughs> that's so true. I feel like. Yeah, what you get in the prestige uh, and like mastery of of a Bravo show, you lose in the like risk. (laughs) Now, Candy did marry someone who worked in production. I don't think I ever knew that. Todd worked. He was working as a producer on the show. Uh, And she said, I like the looks of that. I will take him right off your hands. And I mean, that's why her mom was like, he's in it for your money. Oh, my God. That reminds me of the forever ago real world Seattle. Remember where the Boston guy was started hooking up with one of the producers and they like got audio of them having like him having a meltdown in the car because it was she got fired and she had to leave. And it's like an iconic. It was before. Also, I was like a kid or like a tween or something when that episode aired. And so I especially didn't understand like how reality TV was made. And I remember it like blowing my mind. Like, I think I just thought they were like, there were just cameras and they were real. Yes. But that I didn't know that it was like a crew. And I remember being like, what's happening? Uh, And there's many times in the real world people got caught hooking up. Wait, one of the most iconic ones is on the Bachelor franchise, Bachelor in Paradise, this girl was hooking up with one of the, I don't know if it was like a sound guy or something. And someone walked in on them in a hotel room and he jumped out the window. <gasps> he broke he both, okay? He broke both his ankles. <laughs> oh my God. Are you kidding? No, it's real. <laughs> Sad for him, but that's so funny. Also, like a reality job is not worth that. (laughs) He's probably worried, like he broke his NDA or or that it would be legal. I don't know. You're probably not thinking at all. He was just Uh, like, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) look, people are horny. People get horny. These shows are horny shows. You know, even me, who's like, I feel so sexless all the time because I just stay in my house and I'm like, I don't even care what I can go 10 years, whatever. But that you put <laughs> me in a group of people, I'm going to fall in love with somebody. Absolutely. You put me in a room with 10. You can put me in a room with 100 men and I'll fall in love with one or not 100, just 100 people. And yeah. I'll fall in love with someone. You put me in a room with 10 people. I'll do the same. You, yeah. I don't care how small the group is. I can <laughs> fall in love. <laughs> But especially, you know, I think we the piece we didn't know as much back in the day is like these people are generally cut off from everyone else in their life. They have no TV. They do not have their phones. Like what else is there other than looking at like uh, each other and fantasizing and finally figuring out a way to like have sex because it's something to do. It's like we have limited all stimuli. They're all generally hot people. There's only alcohol and yeah that's a pretty clear recipe that's no wonder that has succeeded for going on like 30 years it's now. camp <laughs> it's just going to camp it's just camp that is why i love below deck though because they <sighs> always have sex on that show and i'm like yes i need to hear it yes. i'm glad they forgot to take their mic pack off <sighs> i want to hear the slapping noises <laughs> <laughs> that one's amazing too there was a great new york times piece from like 
maybe six months ago about how they shoot below deck. And it is truly wild the way like the quarters that the crew, because the production is on the boat too. And they have converted like rooms of the ship, but they're like on the other side of the walls basically. And it's such close quarters, but that also means that they realized that the crew especially would go to a lot of great lengths to find little like nooks and Mm -hmm. corners and they would have to figure out how to put cameras in everywhere. It's such a little hunting game. Also, we're just on a sidetrack about PAs now, but one of the camera guys on below deck saved Jowl's, saved, not Jowl, saved uh, Ashton's life. Oh, I must not have seen it. Ashton's foot got caught in a rope and he was underwater and he was just like <gasps> wrapped around him. He couldn't. So you just didn't see him. He was, you didn't see him. He was, he like, it dragged him off the boat essentially. So he's being dragged behind the boat underwater and oh you, God. and like everyone's like calling for the captain, but no one jumps in. And then, uh, Maybe the boat wasn't moving, but he's definitely underwater. And then you see the camera being put down and a cameraman jumps in and <gasps> saved his life. Bless reality TV. I'm sorry. That is, that's iconic. I gave myself chills telling that story. I All right. felt it. Okay. Well, I know we have to, we have to move on. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. Oh my God. <sighs> what interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? You guys know Jessica and I talk all the time about our therapist and how much we love her and how important mental health is to us. That's why we're excited to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment that's so convenient. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Now, BetterHelp is not self-help, it's professional counseling. So that means you can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, which is really important right now because we cannot be leaving to go to a waiting room. No, thank you. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. One of the best things now that everyone's telecommuting is that this service is available for clients worldwide and there's a broad range of expertise which maybe you don't have available in your area. And these are licensed therapists professional counselors and they're specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQA matters, grief, self-esteem, and anything you share is confidential. You guys should really try out BetterHelp. It's convenient, professional, affordable, and you can go check out their site. They have new testimonials posted daily so you can see what other people are saying about BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is professional counseling. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener of Cardishonet, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Join over the 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 
All right, let's let's recap this show. Okay, our last one. Our, our last, last. It feels not the it, like it's not the right place. It I know it didn't time out. The other ones timed out better. Well, Ugh. they fucked everything. It's not our fault. They no. they really screwed around with everything. So, <sighs> but I'm well, sure we'll have gaps here and there. Yes, I will find. We'll 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 come back. But yeah, it's it's never a great feeling to leave it partway through a season. Um, but what can you do? So yeah. this is uh, Kim and Courtney Take New York episode six. Is episode seven. It's season seven. one, whoops, episode whoops, whoops. seven, and it's called Straight Expectations. And mm. that's just the title. And I wrote, I can tell this is going to be problematic. And then as soon as like they're talking, I was like, oh, my gosh. I know it's like a shitty thing to talk about women who have vocal fry, yeah. but I just noticed how much Kim's vocal fry has changed. Mm-hmm. Wait for s- f- that. It's a lot more fry back then. Yes. It's like yeah. more like, like just a lot more of that. They were yeah. like the, the, that's who I understood when I learned the term. Like I, they were the example. in Oh, my head. I always think of Paris Hilton. Like that's hot. Yes. That's another, that's a classic, but yes, there, there is a, um, and we even get Scott doing an impression of it <laughs> during this episode. But it is these were the this was like peak vocal fry. I know. Era. I just I'm so impressed that Kim has kind of gotten herself because it's hard to change vocal patterns like that without like a lot of therapy. I can't. We've talked about it on this pod. Like I know I say like so much. I get tried. I thought I could like focus on it. It made me stress out, and I talk the way I talk. Like I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> You said Sally. it five times in those that, yes, that, that example. Yes, I can't help it. I'm sorry. But you don't do it as much as Courtney, so that's what matters. Thank you. So Thank first thing we have Courtney and Scott <laughs> are walking in the rain, and this guy's readjusting his penis. This giant dong. Oh that my is gosh! Now we know is that we've just like it's just a sort of now it's a truth of the universe of the show that Scott has a big dong, and that's just a part of the stories as they come and go. And Courtney says, I know you got a lot to work with down there, but, uh, and I just can't believe that there is a whole scene that we watched about Scott's big dick getting tangled up in his pants. (laughs) I couldn't believe this intro scene. It was just like, didn't connect to anything else. And was just like, yeah, Scott's, Scott's dick doesn't fit in his pants. So honestly, he explained some things that I don't know that I understood. He was like, sometimes the seam of the pants gets in the way. So I have to move it to another. So he basically is like avoiding a moose knuckle. So he's moving the penis to the other side. He doesn't want the seam. Was he saying he doesn't want the seam going between the balls? No, he's talking about his penis. The penis piece. I see. Okay. Yes. And I'm sure the balls get all scrunched up in there too, Jess. I can't believe men have this hanging on the Off outside their bodies. of their it bodies. It feels like it should be retractable, right? It just I think about it constantly. And I know <laughs> boobs function in a very strange way too, but the idea of this like very sensitive, very vital piece of anatomy just like swinging and flapping 
and and retracting when it's cold or wet. Like it is on the outside <laughs> is so it's like having an octopus. Like <laughs> off of you. it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> I really think it's wild. I'll never get over it. Okay. You just like wake Tim up in the middle of the night and be like, I have a question. <laughs> Answer me this. <laughs> Riddle me this. All right. <laughs> so we have. So that's it. That's the whole starting of the episode is just, yeah, that he, ex- him explaining his pants situation. So we have uh, Kim and Simon, our old friend Simon Huck. Simon Huck. I forget these were the Simon days when he, when he was a publicist, which I don't think he is anymore. He and Jonathan were publicists yeah. and now they're not. He's like a visual artist now. Yeah. But at the time they were both at, I think, this command PR because um, they were clearly and this was all about building up po- possible spinoffs. Yes. So it's like they say the name of the PR so because we eventually get um, – I forget the name of it, but I watched it too. Whatever their PR, short-lived PR spinoff Oh, was. I did not watch that. Oh, so- my God. There was one. It was it was amazing. It was, it was I think, Chebin, Simon, and it might have even been – because you remember this crazy oh, – we don't even have time for it. There was this famous story, and I believe her name was Lizzie Grubman. <gasps> she hit somebody with her car yes, and then drove and away. She- Yes, in the Hamptons. She was a publicist, a very famous publicist, or a yes. big like Hamptons publicist. And because I was living in New York at the time, and she got drunk and ran someone over with her car <laughs> and then left. And they're like, "That is a publicist. Like you literally know how to handle this, and you did it wrong." Yes. Oh my God. It was a. It was such an era. Oh my God. So I. I want to say she was like part of this show. But anyways, I'm getting this all wrong. But she so okay, so Simon owned was the head of Command Entertainment Group, a marketing executive. Uh oh, Spin Crowd. So that's what it was called. It was the Spin Crowd. It was mm. EP'd by Kim, by and it was a spin-off. It was meant to be a spin-off. I don't have a year on it. But um uh yeah, it was inside of that agency. I thought he connected to Lizzie Grubman, but she might not have been on it. Maybe we um, just told you guys a great story if you didn't remember it then. Yeah, it was all it was just this era of like New York like publicist stuff and behind the scenes. It was like a thing. So anyways, Simon and it was this whole sort of like New York PR world was cool, which is funny because I think it feels very boring now. But um yes, Kim tells Simon that this oh my god. We've been making fun of it the whole season as if nothing was happening. It turns out Dash is opening. Dash New York is opening next week. I mean, imagine if they had been like painting walls and trying to install cabinets. <laughs> How annoyed we would be at the fakery of it. So it's almost better <laughs> that they were never there and it just was a finished store eventually. Oh, my God. After all of our hard work. Can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> it's miraculously done. And Simon is like, well, you know, who are you bringing in to market it? Blah, blah, blah. You need a marketing person. Um, Kim's like, what? Who? Is that a thing? And Simon says, oh, I have a friend who's perfect, who's done marketing and branding for years. Um, His name's Marco. I'll set you up. He's wonderful. You'll love him. You'll love him. You'll love him. And she's like, okay, as long as it's going to be easy breezy. Great. (laughs) <laughs> then we have Scott and Courtney. So Scott's getting home from work and he's just throwing his clothes around the whole place. And his messiness really bothers Courtney. And she starts to go through all of his things. Like he has 
clothing on Mason's crib. He has yeah. a rotten apple in a drawer. <laughs> the apple in a drawer made me laugh. And he pointed out, I liked him being like, no, see? And puts it in the drawer and closes the drawer and is like, now you can't see it. <laughs> see? <laughs> Explaining the basic function of, I guess, what's in your vision yeah. line of vision or not <laughs> well it's just you learn in that moment that scott doesn't have object permanence <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it which kind of tracks <laughs> um then we have courtney and kim meeting marco now marco is handsome he is immediately charming mm-hmm. he notices kim's hermes bracelet he notices her louboutins and Kim is like me getting compliments. She is giddy. She's loving it. And she decides, we learn in the in her to camera confessional, that she thinks he is an amazing gay guy. Yes. <laughs> She's like, most gay guys have a good fashion sense, but Marco is on another level. And all he did was compliment what she was wearing. Yes, exactly. That's the core of it. This is the core of the episode is that there's, of course, a larger lesson about like just being nosy about needing to label people about people's sexuality uh, uh the distance we've come since 2010 in terms of needing like really ref- defined labels for people and also how much kim just assumes and doesn't listen to anybody yes. <laughs> that's ever interacting with her <laughs> now he is saying fabulous a lot so he is saying fabulous and uh, he is i would say being a little too touchy uh yes. which we've talked about men really are in these episodes this is really an era before i think they were ensconced in security all the time and like you really see it people just have no problem putting their hands all over Kim. all over them Ugh. i wish i could remember the time in my life where i just said no more never again oh my god i would never do it now and i definitely like the stuff that people say all the time but the, the amount of like whenever people tweet about the thing of like men putting their hands on your lower back like to get by you or whatever. And it's like, that one gives me this visceral feeling of how much of my life I like know that feeling, you know? And you're like, no, you wouldn't do that to a, you wouldn't do it to a man. Or even just the like slight holding of your elbow by a stranger. Like when they're like, oh, it's over here. You're like, you don't need to guide me. It's the amount of things in recent history, like especially. Uh, anyways, I will not. That's another it podcast. It's um, another podcast. Uh, so he's. I just want to say ahead. also, Kim fucking loves fur right now. This is a big fur moment. Big, big time. She's wearing fur. it last week, this week. She's got fur that she's got a vest fur. She's got one that's only got one arm fur. She's just mm-hmm. all over the fur. So. Boots with the fur. It's a fur moment. Um, (laughs) They're talking about stores. So, and of course, Courtney's trying to actually keep it on track and is like, so, like, what brands have you worked with? What retailers? He lists off, you know, a bunch of work he's done that sounds really relevant. Then they start talking about where they love to shop. It's Barney's, it's Bendel's, it's Jeffrey's, which I don't know. Um, And they talk, and then Kim's like, it would be so fun to go shopping. And they say fab a bunch of times. Courtney, I think, is making fun of them and <laughs> says, Faboo, baby, in a really funny voice. And then this is what I'm saying. When they finish the meeting, he hugs and kisses her, like kisses her on the side of her cheek. Also, that was a thing I had to get used to when I moved to, D- to New York, that men, and maybe it was just some creepy men that I knew, but they kissed hello. 
and I was like European cheek kisses. No, like I, I, I'm, I'm just realizing that I had someone be a creep to me when I was too young, but, mm. but yes, but yes, like kissing, kissing on the cheeks or even the mouth. And I was just like, is that what we do? Cause in the South, yes, we hug and stuff, but you would not kiss a no. person who wasn't your significant other. I, yeah, I'm, it, it just surprised me again in the, like, I'm just- so glad of this pandemic so that no one will ever try that shit again. I'm delighted by the way personal air kisses too. Like, I don't know what to do when people are doing that to me. You're like, what, what, why? I don't understand. It's also just like, I'm so grateful as a, as a claustrophobic person as like, it's just like this will, these, this is going to be better. (laughs) Kissing should be special. Don't (laughs) save it for wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they go back to the hotel that they live in. Courtney and Kim, they get home. Scott's outside on the balcony. Courtney slams the door on him, which made me laugh a lot. (laughs) She just goes, no smoke. (laughs) So Kim's like, asking court what she thinks of marco and they agree they're like well essentially we just did a favor like we don't need to work with a firm and i think courtney said i think we're pretty innovative yes and you know what i was at first i laughed and then i was like well i don't think she is but i think the rest of them are they're she's not wrong yeah i mean is it family but no at the time it made me laugh but it's like well not wrong maybe i guess they did figure some stuff out so uh yeah, Kim saying that she it would be so much fun to go shopping with Marcos because gay guys are so much fun to go shopping with. Yes, let's hold up that archetype. And then <laughs> Courtney says the funniest thing. She's like, oh. if that tickles your nuts, go for it. <laughs> it's like you are definitely spending a lot of time around Scott in this <laughs> era of your life. Yes, yes. So then we have Courtney immediately calling Simon to say. Uh, later separately with no Kim there calling Simon to say thanks for setting it up and point blank just asks like what is the deal with Marco uh is he and and Simon says he's 100% straight and Courtney the the next sentence is wild I love when Kim's wrong and I'm right or no no. just because he isn't walking around with a huge football doesn't mean the man is a gay lord he loves Gaylord. Simon and, uh, he says, says it, it multiple twice times. In this episode. I, yeah, I was like, Gaylord, okay. But it was funny, right? That Courtney said, I could care less if Marco is gay. I just love when Kim is wrong and I'm right. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so I get it. honest. So the best part is rather than tell her sister the information she has learned, she decides she's going to keep it to herself and teach her a lesson. It's very funny because I know the idea is let's embarrass Kim, but in reality, it's just humiliating for Marco later. I mean, that's sort of this pa- the painfulness of this episode. It's just like a cringy, ends up being cringy because it's, yeah. so Marco calls Kim, he's at Scoop, a clothing store, <laughs> and the new fall collection is here. So would she want to come uh, come and join him? And she's like, yes, it's, and he says, it's a date. And she laughs nervously, gets herself over to Scoop. And we get this sort of like, you know, it's sort of an uncomfortable shopping montage. They're both like laughing nervously. Um, But she's like, oh, my God, it's so refreshing to hang out with Marco. It's almost like a girly day. Yeah. Not another thing that has not aged well. And she asks, so she's assuming she's on a shopping date with her new gay best friend. 
She even has him come unzip her in the dressing room. He asks about her underwear. He says, are those, is that swimsuit? <laughs> I was like, what is he seeing? <laughs> I I guess she, she might have been wearing a bodysuit. Like, yeah, I was wondering, or just maybe like, a, like even early Spanx. I guess yeah, Spanx like, yeah I was thinking some, some slimwear. Yes, yes. And then they have this great shopping day. And in the car, he asks her, so do guys fawn, fawn all over you all the time? And this is where she's like, <laughs> it's so awkward to talk about yourself. <laughs> I was dying at Kim loving uh. every second of it. And she asks if he's dating anybody. He says he's single. And so not reading any of the cues, Kim decides she's going to set him up with her friend, Rob. Rob. So they make a plan to meet up later in the week. Um, <laughs> then we have, I think it's Shiva and Courtney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what Courtney says. She's talking about Scott's mess. And she says, it's like I'm living in a hoarder's dream house. <laughs> What a funny... She says it's such a funny complaint too. She's like, "Oh, there's pocket squares everywhere." <laughs> I was like, what a just Courtney's no one else in the sentence. world could complain about this. <laughs> Only Courtney's life could ever involve that sentence. And then, also, it's funny because we saw like Mason's crib is in the background, and I was like, I do not think we've seen Mason for a second of this season. Which nanny. is he got nanny. I understand it, but it was like compared to Miami. Where he was always being held on camera and stuff. I was just like, oh, we've got – I mean, and I get it. It's a single girls in the city season. But I was like, oh, yeah, we just have not seen that baby. That baby's MIA. He's out, I guess, getting the dash store ready, maybe. <laughs> he's 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 the one painting and putting in the cabinets. <laughs> he's working. Uh, so Scott comes in to find K- Courtney. She has his – suit under her arm and she's trying to hang everything up and he gets very upset because mm-hmm. she's creasing it don't crease it and then he doesn't like that he she's just organizing hangers by colors and so he decides to just knock over all of her things because that's how he likes organizing he says which doesn't make sense doesn't and then he sense. picks her up and throws her in the bathtub where there's some water i guess he also says that's where you belong that's where you belong <laughs> okay i will say i could see in a moment that he was about to be upset and then he yeah. redirected it yeah but he was still doing it a little just yeah, smidge maliciously this episode has some interesting like it's it's a very like hijinksy storyline, but you're actually they are sort of nudging at these like flex these flex of outburst that old Scott would have acted on, I think. And it's reinforced that Scott goes to therapy, so he goes mm-hmm. to his therapist because he doesn't want to blow up at Courtney. And it's so funny that so he's doing Courtney's voice. And then the therapist is like, okay, come again with the monotone voice. And I was like, <laughs> My therapist has never asked me to act out anything before. Never, never. But I loved it. And we get Scott's impression of Courtney, which is pretty spot on, which yes. is an insane heightening from why is the Kleenex box there on the table to why I want to know what kind of person you are that you would be happy with that. And then immediately heightens to, so you don't want to be in this family and take care of our baby. It was really funny. Cause that run, he just never stopped talking. And the therapist was like, Oh, no, oh, Wait, oh uh, what? <laughs> and we're like, as I, but I feel like as viewers we're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny too, because it leads to this 
uh, advice from the therapist that you should take yourself out of the situation before your anger gets the best of you. I was like, yeah, he was frustrated just doing that exercise. He yeah. got frustrated. You're so right. Yeah, I feel like it was just him realizing like, okay, so there's a lot here. Um, let's see if we can kind of uh, dissipate that should it happen again. And guess what? Just like that. They're back at the apartment. <laughs> we have Courtney yell, Scott! He jumps up from the couch, runs into the bedroom and the bathroom, and Courtney is like, I just fell in the toilet. <laughs> As I guess the toilet seat was up, tiny, teeny, tiny, pocket sized Courtney she Kardashian. She could have drowned in there. She fell into the toilet. And she was there probably was, like swimming around, like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, she was down the in the plumbing. She was in the sewer system. <laughs> Met an she, alligator down there. She <laughs> an alligator. She made her way back up. And she is pissed. She says there was, because apparently there was not just the toilet seat up, there was pee in the toilet. It had not been flushed. She so her butt, her sweatpants butt is covered in his pee. She's like, there's pee everywhere my butt's covered in pee and she starts putting it on scott's face yeah, she's rubbing the not, urine not great that she fell in on his face and guess what he didn't like it and i don't know that i would either no because his was an accident his was an accident that's the point and he he says you know what i'm leaving and he gathers himself and he leaves I think it was great advice from the therapist. So It was great advice. So then we have Kim and her friend Rob are going to this bar. They're so, they're like all giddy because it's a hookup situation. It's going to be fun. There's a condom dispenser. <laughs> she takes some. She's like, you never know. <laughs> Loving this condom machine so much. <laughs> so she's talking Marco up and how great he's going to be. And then he arrives and Rob looks him up and down. Yes. Rob likes what he sees. Yes. He thinks he's in for a dream date and uh -huh. is like, yes. Then we hop back to Scott and Courtney and he has gotten his own room. He went to the hotel front desk. He got himself his own room. He's trying to separate himself. And he <laughs> says he's going to take two bags of M&Ms. And it, it is lighthearted. It's not feeling yes. like a storm out fight. This isn't feeling like the classic Courtney and Scott on the rocks. He's like, you know what? I'm getting my room. I'm getting my M&Ms. I'm taking my therapist's advice. And off I go. Yeah. He's like, maybe I'll pee all over that room. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's he says he's hoping to prove a point which is always the best way to do things guys you yes, gotta prove yes. something <laughs> and that she needs to stop nagging and lay off me so much uh yeah, and then <laughs> inexplicably he pours some chips on the bed <laughs> uh, i want to side with him on this whole situation but you know i i do have to agree that his like i i would hate to live with it Oof. Then we're back at the club. We've got Marco, Rob, and Kim. Marco is returned with some drinks. Kim thinks they are flirting. They are <laughs> totally flirting. She thinks she's watching two gay men absolutely hitting it off. She's a she's just a grade A matchmaker. <laughs> Kim decides because she's such a good matchmaker she knows exactly when you leave them alone she gets up to go pee and we get this very strange 
thing where the two of them are talking and then we're just getting these zoom in shots of like other men kissing well, in the bar. They show Marco looking around and then it's as if it's from his point of view. Yes. But yes. they zoom in on men kissing and then they back to Marco and he's like, ah, ah, yes. I see what Kim Kardashian <laughs> has put together in that head of hers and it is yeah it's it's like very uh, narratively constructed <laughs> and then kim comes back rob says i guess it's my turn to be musical bathroom it's so funny he gets up kim turns <laughs> this is edited very well kim turns to him and is like he's cute right <laughs> to which he says i am not gay <laughs> and she says well, this is really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I get metrosexual sometimes. I'm so glad we don't say metrosexual anymore. Yeah, this is a, not, a, not a great era, and I remember it very, very well. Um, but Margo doesn't love it. Like, it clearly doesn't – it's not a laugh-off for him. He clearly, you know – And I don't think like it he, was gay panic. I don't think that's what no. it was. I think he was his feelings were hurt because he thought he and Kim had something yes, going on. Yes, it's exactly that. I think it's like – Kim just it, it hurt his feelings, you yes. know, and like I, I I get that, and so you know Kim's like Mark realizes that Marco looks humiliated, and sir, so Rob comes back. Well, Marco leaves. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so, Rob yeah. comes back in the bathroom, and Marco's like, you know what? I'm gonna excuse myself. I'm gonna go ahead and head home. He chugs his glass of wine <laughs> and heads out. And then it, what made me laugh, though, is he heads out and then Kim turns to Rob and goes, so weird. <laughs> she, said, she knows why he left. She goes, you have no idea what the fuck just happened. Don't ever leave me again. What? Like you acted what? like he did something weird. Who you knew? did something weird. It, you were weird and rude. And so <laughs> Kim decides she's through with matchmaking they leave the bar. They throw and also their condoms Rob in the was seat. not offended. He laughed no. along with it. He he totally got. It. He probably could tell too that that guy yeah. was not into him. Yeah, I'm sure the minute Kim got up to the bathroom, he was like, "This is not someone who's trying to have sex with me." Um, they throw their condoms in the street, realizing they won't be using them, and they say, "Woo, New York, safe <laughs> sex." <laughs> uh, yeah. Next thing we have Courtney calling Chloe on the phone, and she's like. Ugh. Scott is so annoying and I normally like hate telling you things about him, but I need to vent to someone to which Chloe responds. Oh, well, thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chloe really got me on this call <laughs> because she's actually, they've created this narrative historically of Chloe being anti Scott. Hence the thanks for thinking of me, but she is not having it. As soon as she hears Courtney casually mentioned that she wiped pee on his face, Chloe's like, that's disgusting, <laughs> you monster. Yes. And it's like, instead of finding a million, he's like on a really good path and he's been working really, really hard on himself. So maybe instead of finding a bunch of little things to nag him about, what, what if you told him you were proud of him? And it's like, Really, really good advice yes. and very kind to Scott and is the truth. It's and very Courtney's funny because like, oh. <laughs> it speaks to who Courtney is that Courtney likes to have something to be annoyed by. Yes. And before it was something very justifiable. I don't know. She even enabled it, though. It's like so, such a weird dynamic there that she yeah. prefers him to be a mess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the it is their it's a codependency, you know, yeah. like it's how they learned their 
their the grooves of their relationship, I feel like. But she is affected by Chloe. She realizes she's being too hard on him, clomps her little butt down the hall to his separate room, and he's got these like little piles <laughs> of potato chips and M&Ms just directly on the bed, right there on the duvet. It would bother me. It would bother me. It would be very tough. It's it's a it's it's a little rude. Once I um, had a roommate come into my room and start filing her nails on my bed, oh. and I was like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" She yeah, just sat be- on the bed and kept filing. I was like, "That's disgusting. Get off my bed." Yeah, please stop leaving like your DNA on an an. Uh, I don't know what is nail. What's ma- what is nail made of? But whatever it is, it's, I don't. I wouldn't. It's your cell cells. Your cells. <laughs> It's not hair. It's, it's not skin. It's your cells. It's keratin. It's keratin. There we go. Cells. cells. So Courtney's like, look, acknowledges that she's being tough. They agree to meet halfway about, you know, the way he lives. He's like, I'm never going to be a person who organizes my closet by color. Uh, I'm just different than you. And they agree that it'll be okay. And then we get this really funny end to the scene. It's so tough because this is a very cute time for them. Like the way that Courtney looks at him, the way they look at each other, it like it really breaks my heart. I mean, it's just the way when you see people who are in love and then, you know, they're not maybe anymore, but it's like he's being really funny. He has his hair slicked back and he's like doing a voice of, and she's like, oh my God, it's like you studied how to be a slimy guy. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And he's trying to be funny. And she is literally like shriek laughing. She thinks it's so funny. <laughs> yes, she runs away and says, stay. Don't ever come back. This <laughs> was like, I don't know that I get to see them being, I see them being very sexually playful all the time. But I don't know that I've seen them just be like goofing as much as this. Well, that's really cute. They do end up having three children. And I think I, that, I might mean, take, that might take a little bit of the goof out of it, I believe. Yeah. From what I understand from pop culture, it <laughs> seems like having more kids seems like harder. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got three cats. <laughs> it's not you the same. Me. It's not the same. So, um, no. so. Kim returns uh, from her night out, even though it's different nights. And she's telling Courtney <laughs> that he wasn't gay. And Courtney goes, stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. And Kim's like, we have to call Simon. And it was so funny because Simon's like, yeah, you straight. I know straight people. This <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> He demand. He's so insistent that he knows straight people. He calls him metrosexual. Again, we don't love that word. Uh, and then this episode ends very funny. Kim says she won't judge a book by its cover again. Courtney, holding a huge book, throws it at Kim hard. <laughs> and Kim's like, "Ow, that's not funny." And what does Courtney say? It's. Very, 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 very funny. And she, the way she could, she could barely get the words out. She was laughing at herself so hard. It's actually very, 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 very funny. (laughs) I'll be sad. I'll miss this era. But look, if we're going to, if we're going to leave this moment in time at least it's to jump into the present we have so much going on with this family it's final keeping <sighs> it's up with it's gonna be so sappy and it's gonna be sappy 
But yeah. I'm excited. Next week. Yes. So again, all the info, we'll post about it. But premiere is Thursday. We'll do, be doing a live ne- next Friday um, at 6 p.m. And in the meantime, we release new episodes every Monday. You know that. Check out our website, Cardition.com. <laughs> Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review. Check out our Twitter, Instagram, and email us at Cardition.it at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to Cardition It. Bye. Bye.